0: Good morning, everyone. Well, it's good to be together. Uh, my name is Jeremy. I'm the worship pastor here and training school director, if you don't know me. And uh, I'm excited to preach this morning. Pastor Zach is on sabbatical. Um, I think, actually, this weekend's their anniversary weekend. Was that right? Tina's birthday. So they're somewhere having a, a fun on a beach, I think. So anyways, I'm excited to uh, speak this morning. Uh, this is my wife, Carolee. Happy Mother's Day. I uh, have a, a couple of kids, for those of you who don't know, uh, Jaira, Elam, Brielle, and one on the way. And uh, we decided on a name. His name's going to be... Just kidding. We're not going to tell. It was the same joke last week, and it worked. Um, anyways, I, last Sunday, you know, I, I told you that I, uh, I'm a t-ball coach, and I ask for prayers. And I just want you all to know that your prayers were heard this week, two big games, two big wins uh got one of my uh, two of my assistant coaches here in the audience, man, they were amazing, kids were amazing you know i was so I was so proud of them um because you know in our in our team we're using it uh obviously baseball's fun, and we enjoy that and gather around that, but specifically so many like lessons that come out of that right um character stuff and and so it was really hot this week, like like. 90s warm, and for five-year-olds, 90s warm for like two hours outside when coach is like, pay attention, don't play in the dirt, pay attention, get up, don't do that, baseball ready, the whole time, uh, man, I was so proud of them, they persevered all the way through one, two big games, it was a lot of fun, and my favorite part, at the, at the end of the game, we have a little bit of time where we uh, you know, circle up as a team, and we start doing this thing where we encourage one another. Uh, which is something we do with our family um, pretty regularly. So we were doing it with a team and now they're getting a hold of it. So I say, all right guys, uh, man, great game. Let's take some time to encourage one another. Who wants to encourage someone? And all the hands go up. Oh me, 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 let me go. You know, so I start picking through and and, and, then, and every time it's like, um, 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 David, you you're really good at hitting. And you're, you're really fast, and I just think you're great. And then the next kid, oh, me, 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 me. Um, um, Noah, you're really you're really fast and you're really good at hitting, and and you're really great. And the next kid is oh, me, 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 me. I want to do it. I, I got something. I got something. Okay, yeah, yeah. um, um, Elam. You're really good at hitting, and you're really fast, and you're really great. And then they reply to each other, you know, thanks, man. So it's a lot of fun, but they're get, getting a hold of it. And uh, that's important, right? Maybe, you know, if we learn how to be encouraging on your t-ball team, then when you get older in life and in the workplace, it's like, hey, man, I just want to encourage you. You're, you're really good at typing. And... You're really fast at it. I think you're really great. Oh, <laughs> so it's fun. It's fun being a being a coach. Love it. Um, this this week was also a very special week uh, for my wife and I because May ninth um, is a is a special day and. Um, 10 years ago exactly i remember it like it was yesterday so we were finishing finals it was my senior year finished my final and she had a she hates math like i know some of you love math but it 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 it's not really that she hates it it hates her that's the truth and so so you know she's struggling through this class and and she has her last exam on that friday is her math exam, and so we have kind of been talking about it, you know, trying to encourage her and all that. It was better encouragement than the t-ball, and um, and so she uh, another thing that she had said was, "I want to go fishing," you know. And at the time, you know, we're dating. I'm like, "Man, that's kind of cool. Like, girlfriend wants to go fishing. Okay, I'm not a big fisherman, um, but I enjoy going outside and 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 fishing and all that. So uh, I say, well, let's let's do that. Like, exams are going to be super just like painful for both of us. And then when you finish that last exam, we will just go out to Lake Fort Phantom and we will fish. And she's like, man, sounds great. You know, totally like her idea. And I'm just going with it, trying to make it happen. Little did she know that I had other uh, plans for our fishing trip. Okay, she, the, the fishing trip was just a cover for something else. That I had planned. So you know we get our fishing and look like we know what we're doing, and we stop at the tackle shop, and I have to like go in and buy worms. And I'm like, "Um, you do it. <laughs> I don't like to touch worms, you know?" And so she like, actually put the worms on the hook for me because I was scaredy pants. And, uh, and so we go fishing, we're fishing, the sunset's going down, it's great and all this stuff, and, and I, I catch a fish. And um, and I'm all excited. I'm really surprised too. And catches. It was like, how big? Not very big. And uh, and so I catch a fish. And so now suddenly it's a competition because she needs to catch a fish. Um, you know, to because I caught one. And so, um, but I had other like plans. Um, you know, we had a picnic and I had a gift that I wanted to give her. All this stuff. And uh, she's like determined to catch a fish. I'm like, uh, the sun's going down, mosquitoes are coming out. Like, let's finish our picnic. She's like, no, shut up. I'm fish. I want to catch a fish. <laughs> I was like, okay. Uh, so kind of let that run its course. No fish is caught, and finally we're we're sitting, you know, there having our picnic, eat our peanut butter and jelly, and I'm like, hey, I, you know, you did really good on your finals, and and uh, and I want to give you a couple gifts, and so you know you have to close your eyes. So the first one's you know orange juice. She likes orange juice, and so I give her some orange juice, and then the next is like I I forget, like maybe essential oils or something. You know, I give her that. And then I give her a chocolate bar, and then the last one, I'm like, you have to close your no peeking, okay? And she opens her eyes, and I'm on, her, on a knee with a ring, right? And, uh, and, and so we get engaged, and then hustle back to the party. Uh, there was a surprise, and we were an hour late, and, uh, and, and the AC went out in the house. <laughs> And everyone was waiting for us. And I was like, y'all, I promise. Like, I was on time. She was trying to catch a fish. Right. Um, anyway, so it was so much fun. What I loved about it, she had no idea it was coming. And I, you know, I, like, had known for weeks. I'm like, yeah, fishing trip. Just a fishing trip. Yeah, let's do that. You want to do that so much. Let's just do a fishing trip. And all the while, I had something better planned. And she would say, Had something better planned. You go on a fishing trip, you get engaged. So, ladies, if a guy asks you on a fishing trip, be careful. (laughs) All right. Um, Now, we all love those stories, right, where you get surprised by, like, really good, like, you thought this was going to happen. And then it's like, no, this is going to happen. Those are fun stories. You know, we like being really on both sides of it because it's it's just great when you get, like, way more than you imagine. And, um, you know, the... This is the best. And you know, God loves to do the same thing. That is like, in his nature, he just is always like, they think it's just a fishing trip. But there's so much more. And he always has so much more. We think we're going fishing and we get way more than we expected. And I believe God has some really good news for you and I this morning about this uh, specific topic. So I want you to turn your Bible, Luke chapter 5, put your... Finger on verse 17. We'll also have it up on the screen. We're in this series, Good and Beautiful Kingdom, uh, where we've been talking about the ways of Jesus and that his kingdom comes, and it comes with values. And when these values get lived out, it changes the world. And he invites us into this journey to live these things out. So we're going to look at another one here that I believe will be surprising for us. So Luke chapter 5, we're going to start in verse 17 it says on one of those days that I'm sorry I just I love that it says that on one of the, you ever had one of those days well Jesus did too it was one uh turn to your neighbor say it was one of those days it was one <laughs> it was one of those days um and and we don't really know why maybe you know he was tired didn't sleep as much the night before, didn't have coffee, I don't even know if they had coffee, it was one of those days, we're going to see why here in a second, as he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there, who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was with him to heal, all right, so pause right there now. Now you might just kind of read over this and go okay, Jesus teaches, people sitting in the crowd. But it's not just some people sitting in the crowd. It is the Pharisees and teachers of the law and later it's going to say the scribes. Now this is maybe why it was one of those days um, because these guys are sitting in the audience and these guys are not sitting in the audience because, oh, man, we heard Jesus. He might be the Messiah. He, like, healed. He cleansed a leper a couple of days ago, and maybe he'll do something for us. We've been waiting for the Messiah. We're so excited. We want to know him. We want to meet him. We want to live life with him. Maybe he'll teach us something cool, and we can learn, we can grow, and we can know God. Let's go see Jesus. That is not their attitude. They are sitting there. Arms folded, probably scowls on their faces, frowns on their faces. They are waiting to catch Jesus say something that they can go, ha, got it. He's a fraud. We have the truth, and he doesn't. That is where these guys, this is the posture that these guys are in. It would be like for you, you like sit down to do your taxes, right? You're like, okay, man, I hate taxes. I'm going to do my taxes. And an IRS agent pulls up a chair and is like, hey, uh. I'm just gonna sit here and just, you know, just kind of watch. Just watch what you're doing. Like, ah, okay, man. Or moms. All right, it's Mother's Day. You you. It's a, It's already one of those days, right? You take your kids to the park, and you've got several kids, and you know it's already been one of those days. And you go to the park, and another you know know-it-all person comes up, mom, dad, whatever, and they're just like. Your kids, their shoes are on the wrong feet, did you know it? Did you know little Johnny he has his, you know his pants are on backwards, and they just start critiquing your every move and you 're like, you know the kid like drops you know a cracker on the ground and they just pick it up and eat it and you 're like, "Oh my gosh, you you know and it goes on they 're just like critiquing you ever felt that where it 's just like someone 's going to zap me whenever I you know if I say something wrong, that's what that 's the posture that these guys are in here sitting in front of Jesus, all right, that's the situation, and look, verse 18, and behold, some men were bringing on a bed a man who was paralyzed, and they were seeking to bring him in and lay him before Jesus, so this paralyzed dude has some really good buddies, all right, you need good friends in life kind of friends that will carry you to Jesus when you can't walk, when you can't take a step, when you're done. They'll pick you up and they'll say, hey, don't worry about it. We got you. We'll take you to Jesus. That's the kind of friends uh, that this guy has. And and they know that the power of the Lord is with Jesus to heal. So they're determined to get to Jesus. Maybe they heard about the cleansing of the leper. Um, So they're determined to get to Jesus. But uh, look at this, verse 19, but finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and let him down with his bed through the tiles into the midst before Jesus. This is crazy, right here. This is crazy. I guess maybe this church or this group of people, and they didn't have a welcome home team. All right, they needed a welcome home team that would see someone with need and go, Hey, like, yeah man like you yeah come on, we got a seat for you you can you, you got some needs we'll we'll bring it you know we'll bring it here, but no, that's not happening can you imagine this? There is a crowd full of people, and they're all huddled around Jesus staring and a paralyzed man, paralyzed man. if anyone needs to like get close to Jesus, this guy, and they are so like unaware and ignorant of this guy that they're just focusing on you know Oh, Jesus, and well, this, is, this is my seat, man. Like, you know, and so his buddies have to take him up on the roof, all right? Now, this has nothing to do with this sermon, but I'm going to use this point to illustrate something. I want to encourage you, people of Antioch, this kind of situation cannot, should not, will not happen at our church. Where someone who has need, who is paralyzed, who's broken, who's coming in, the, the crowd, the religious crowd, but mind you, is so gathered around Jesus and so unaware of what's going on that they that this, this guy has to go up on the roof, okay? So if you want to help, be a part, join Welcome Home Team. Kenton would love to have you. They do an amazing job. Join. We need like 30 more people, okay? Like God's bringing so many people here that, that need Jesus. We need like 30 more. But we need like 100 in kids ministry, you can sign up to go to kids camp, you can be on the worship team, you can be in the media team, like you can do a lot of different things, but this kind of situation cannot happen here, amen, can we agree on that, all right, good, all right, that, back to our story, that was, that was just like something else there, so jump in and let's do it, listen to this, they drop them before Jesus, the, the other reason is we don't need holes in our roof, we just came from a building that had holes in the roof, and we don't want holes in this roof, okay? So, welcome home, team. Let's do it. All right, back to the story. They drop him before Jesus, and here's the curveball. Here's the I thought I was going fishing, but something else happens. What is it? And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man, "Man, your sins are forgiven you." And now we read that because we know maybe some more economy. We're like, oh, yeah, cool, Jesus. That was not what this guy was thinking or his friends because they did not drop him through the roof to get his sins forgiven. They dropped him through the roof because he was paralyzed and he needed healing, right? And so here's this guy, I'm paralyzed, I'm now before Jesus, and something's going to happen. And Jesus looks at him and says, hey, man, your sins are forgiven, (laughs) and it was as silent as it is in this room. I mean, he was like, um, thanks, but I I can't walk. Did you know that? You know, like, his friends are like, uh, thank you. Now, power of the Lord, right? Remember? That's what's going on. And, And so that's what they're thinking. There's another group. Remember those Pharisees, scribes, tax collectors? They're thinking something, too. Okay, they are just as surprised and caught off guard. Verse 21, it says, and the scribes and the Pharisees began to question, saying, who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Now, these guys, uh, religious guys, are all bent up out of shape, and they start throwing around the blasphemy word. Now, the blasphemy word for a Jew, for Jewish culture, was a serious deal. It was condemnable to speak blasphemy. So they think here, we have caught this man in blasphemy. He is condemned. I mean, it would be like if we like translate it to our like modern day vernacular, it would be like saying, like, man, go to hell. Who do you think you are? Go to hell. It is a condemnable offense. He's speaking blasphemy. But they also are right in their understanding who can forgive sins but God alone. The thing is, is at this point, they don't know that Jesus is God. They just see a man, and this is the mystery. There's another message for another time about him, Jesus, fully God, fully man. And so, um, so they don't understand that yet. But verse 22, when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered them. He answered their thoughts. Now that's scary, right? You're there and you think something and someone's like, hey, yeah, I, w- I wanted to answer your question. And you're like, uh, what question? <laughs> All right, that's, that's, that's what happened right here. He perceived their thoughts. He knew that this was gonna be a curveball, uh, answer and he starts answering the question that they didn't ask, okay? He says, why do you question your hearts? Which is easier to say your sins are forgiven you, or to say, rise and walk? (laughs) It's like, maybe you you could do an Instagram poll, right? It's like, rise and walk, or sins are forgiven you. It's a rhetorical question, of which the answer for everyone was going, uh, neither, both are impossible, this is a paralytic, right? He doesn't walk. That's impossible, and also this forgiveness thing that you're saying that you forgive his sin, that's impossible too. Both seem to be impossible, but here is where good news turns to great news for you and for I and for all humanity. Verse 24, but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. Straight up, unreal, crazy, insane. Jesus asks a question, which of these two impossible things is easier? And he's about to do both of them. Jesus just does two impossible things, but as he says, but I tell you, so that you may know, turn to your neighbor and said, so that we may know that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins. I say to this man, rise, pick up your bed and walk. So he heals this man. It's going to, verse Verse 25, immediately he rose up before them, picked up his bed that he had been lying on, and went home glorifying God. So he heals this paralytic man 100% completely, and the guy gets up in front of them and is like walking, okay? Jesus does this miracle, right? He thought he was on a fishing trip, paralytic guy, and what happens is something way better, that the miracle that happens, Jesus says, this miracle is a sign to point to a greater miracle. And that is that you can be forgiven of sin by me. Okay? Now, it's still sinking in for y'all. I get that. All right? But by the end of this time, you're gonna, you might stand up on your chair. Okay? And I give you permission to do that. Because up until this point, forgiveness of sin did not exist. God in heaven was a forgiving God, and when God met Moses in Exodus 34, he said, yeah, I'm forgiving, forgiving iniquity, sin, transgression, but the pathway for that was you had to kill a lot of animals, okay, and it had to be done in a certain way, and no one could really forgive you, the priest would just like offer these sacrifices and hope that it was enough, And they did it every day, every day, every day. So the thought that someone could say, I forgive you, and it's for real, was like, no, like, this doesn't make sense. And yet Jesus is coming to forgive sin. And this healing is pointing to this greater miracle of forgiveness. It's a big deal. Now listen to this. Immediately he rose up. Uh, before them, picked up what he had been lying on and went home, glorifying God. Verse 26. I love it. And amazement seized them all. It was like amazement came up and like grabbed him by the shirt, right? You know, like lift him up, like, yeah, man. Right. Amazement seizes them all. Who is all include in this scenario? Ooh. Maybe it includes the Pharisees, the scribes, and the teachers of the law. I believe it does. Amazement seizes them all. All right? All, right? And, and that guy that was like, bless me, go to hell. You know, and he's like, oh, hey, uh, Jesus. Like, you know, when I, I was kidding, man. I was, I was kidding. I was, re- I, I was kidding. I was not really saying, but I was kidding amazement seizes them all, and they glorified God and were filled with awe, saying, we have seen extraordinary things, plural, today. Mm. So, teachers of all frowning, what's this guy going to say? And people are like, so crowded, and they're they're ignoring the Paralytic guy, and the, the roof's caving in, and they're dropping people in, and forgiveness, healing happen, and then worship breaks out. They it says they and they glorified God and were filled with awe. So these just start singing, oh my gosh! Oh, like, oh, what does this mean? This is incredible. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God. I mean, they just go to that place because. They see a miracle of healing. But they see forgiveness introduced to humanity through Jesus. And it's more than they can handle. Even the Pharisee, the scribe, and the teacher of the law. And they begin to worship God. The fact that forgiveness now through Jesus is even possible they're undone by it. And they worship and they glorify God. And if there's one thing that you remember... Before you leave today, I, I would encourage it to be this: Jesus has authority on earth to forgive sin. I will make it personal. Jesus has authority on earth to forgive your sin. Jesus has authority on earth to forgive the sins against you. It's a big, big. Deal Now, the implications of this are huge, and maybe you've lived your whole life with the concept of forgiveness, and you grew up in the church, and, you know, flannel board Jesus, and VBS, and church camp, and all that stuff, and it's just kind of like, yeah, forgiven for whatever. I wanted to just highlight the implications of this for you, and some of you may be stuck in sin. You've not received Jesus, and you're like, wait, are you saying that everything that I've done in my past that somehow it can be erased by God and I can have fresh heart? Absolutely. Listen to this. Without forgiveness of sins, there is no true freedom. There's no healing. There's no clean conscience. There's no life. There's no peace. There's no hope. There's no joy. There's no approaching God like we just did a few minutes ago. There is no drawing near to God. There's no communion with God. There's no God living inside you by the Holy Spirit. And there is no hope of going to heaven without the forgiveness of sins. And honestly, if I'm being like really, 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 really really real, without the forgiveness of sins, I wonder if life was even worth living. Because one sin, and it's over. I'm dirty. I'm broken. And I can't do anything about it. It's a big deal. And the craziest thing, I'm like snotting on myself. I'm so excited. And the craziest thing is that you don't have to perform. You don't have to clean yourself up. You don't have to be perfect. To be forgiven, you just put your faith and trust in Jesus just like this guy. You know what? You could be a paralytic in your soul today, and I can't move a muscle. I can't do anything. And you have some friends maybe brought you here and just say before Jesus, and he's like, faith, your sins are forgiven, and now healing too. That is good news. Jesus Christ has authority on earth to forgive sins. So the implications of this are staggering, y'all. But there's also two huge applications that, like, we have to get. We have to get. See, what would be really, really tempting for me, I'm, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about me, to, would be to, like, leave here and to just go to lunch, go to Mother's Day lunch, and and just, you know, watch PGA or NBA today and take a nap and just kind of let this, I, this this like, staggering fact just kind of wear off, right? Just be like, oh, yeah, just forgive sins. And then by Tuesday, I forgot. That would be really tempting. That's really tempting for me. But like King David, I want to challenge you and I to be like King David, okay? He said this, Psalm 103, he said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity? Don't forget this. So here's the two applications. I'm going to tell you up front, they're challenging. This isn't like, Oh, yeah, just, you know, whatever. This is, this is challenging, and it takes the spirit of God, and takes the grace of God, and takes the power of God to do it, okay? The two implications are first, because Jesus has authority to forgive sins. Confess your sins. Confess your sins. In 1 John 1, 9. John says this, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When we humble ourselves in confession of sin, we just, we receive this forgiveness. We don't earn it. We receive it. It's freely given, but what we got to say, I want it. I'm opening my heart here, God. I'm being vulnerable. I need you. And we go to that place and listen, this I love this scripture because I'm starting to see, I never saw this like two weeks ago, and now I'm starting to see it, and it's blowing my mind. It's the Old Testament, New Testament, it's all throughout. That Jesus, it says he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Sin is an act. It's like I punch you in the face out of anger, that's a sin. Unrighteousness that he's going to cleanse you from is a posture of your heart that is bent towards sinning over and over and over and over again. In the Old Testament, it's called iniquity. In Exodus 34, 6, and 7, God, it says about God that he would forgive sins, transgressions, and iniquities. Three different things. It's not, they're not all synonyms. Okay, A sin is missing the mark. I disobeyed. I did a wrong thing. A transgression is when I, I went past the law. Something God told me not to do, I did it. And iniquity is the same as this word unrighteousness. It's the bent of my heart that's prone towards sin. It's not the one-time anger. It's the anger inside of me. that's going to come out again unless something happens. On the inside in here, Jesus, not only does he forgive our sins, but he can cleanse you from all unrighteousness, that bent in your heart, the sin you hadn't committed yet. thats hiding in there unless it gets dealt with. Confession of sin. So I challenge you, I challenge you, I challenge you, all right, in a culture that's just putting up defenses, making excuses, hiding, blaming others, that's the norm, that you could stand out by walking in forgiveness. You totally could. You know, this is a this is confession in our culture. I'm sorry if you were offended by what I did. It's really saying, I'm sorry that you're sorry. <laughs> that's not saying... I did it. I was wrong. I sinned. I'm taking responsibility. I'm going to ask your forgiveness. There's people in Dallas, Texas that were living that way. It would shape. The city, it would, change a, uh, it would change a community, it would change a school for sure, it would change a workplace. Whoa, did he just take responsibility for something? That was a little thing, right? I mean, no big deal, but he took responsibility for it. He confessed his sin. He asked me to forgive him. I don't even know what forgiveness is. Where should I learn about forgiveness? Oh, well, it's in the Bible. Oh, well, maybe let me check out that Bible because that was incredible. Confession of sin. And so I challenge you if it has been a while, Maybe you're sitting next to that person right now. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's your kid. Maybe it's a coworker. Just say, your step this week. Just say, I, hey, I need to confess in. I've I've been angry, or I did this or that, and it was wrong. Would you forgive me? And Lord, forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And second, and this is challenging, but it's totally possible because Jesus has authority on earth to forgive sins. Is that we forgive others. In Colossians 3, um, Paul says, verse 12, Put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. You know, this kindness, humility, meekness, and patience is all pointing and played out in in verse 13. Bearing with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. How do you forgive? Forgive. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And this is challenging. Forgiveness is the way of Jesus. And if we're walking with him, we must walk as he walked. And this means forgiving others as he forgave us. I want to speak to this just for a second. We have resources available and other teachings on diving into this in a deeper way for you personally, but Jesus didn't just die to forgive your sin. It's so good that he died to forgive all the sins committed against you that you could do nothing about. And some of us, probably all of us, have been deeply wounded, deeply marred by sins committed against us. When we were a child, when we had no choice, when we, we did nothing wrong. And someone sinned against us, and it wounded your heart. when it broke your heart. And maybe it even made you a captive to something. You were a prisoner of war because of someone else's sin. And the good news is that Jesus, because He has authority on earth to forgive sin, can forgive and can empower you to forgive and heal your heart. He came to bind up the brokenhearted, to set captives free, and to proclaim the favor of the Lord. And one of the ways that is lived out is through us choosing to forgive others. It's really good news. I'm gonna tell you, you don't have to be held captive to bitterness, to resentment, to anger. In Jesus' name, you can forgive others. You can't do it alone. It's impossible for you to do it alone. But he will do it through you if you're willing. I've heard it said that holding on to forgive unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. You just relive those moments over and over and over and over and over and over again. And that's not God's heart. So if there is someone that has hurt you, is there someone you need to forgive, I challenge you to step out and do that. And we have resources available that can help you walk through that or you can talk to one of your leaders, life group leader or something about that. I want you, as we close, just imagine with me this, that what would Christ's forgiveness do for your life if you fully received that? I mean, just think, clean conscience, freedom, communion with God. When I approach the Lord, when I approach him, I don't have to, Oh, God, well, I'm sorry to this and that. And And would you just please, you just say, Lord, I'm broken, but I'm coming because of Jesus. Thank you that you have forgiven, you are forgiven. Now let's spend some time together. That's powerful. Clean conscience, deep communion with God. What would practicing this value of forgiveness do in your family? And what if your kids learn how to do this because they saw parents modeling it for them? That would shape generations, friends. What about the atmosphere of your workplace? If just one person just stood up and said, you know, I'm gonna put a stake in the ground, I'm gonna choose to forgive. I'm not gonna gossip, I'm not gonna hold resentment, I'm not gonna stir that up, I'm gonna choose to forgive. Seven times, 70 times seven, times seven, times seven, times seven, times. Choose to forgive, to forgive. I mean, would this be a step that would help race relations? I think so. Peoples and nations, y'all, that have never heard what you just heard in the last 30 minutes. There are entire people groups on the other side of the earth that have never heard what you just heard, that there is a, Jesus Christ has authority to forgive sin and there's a new way to live and you can be free and you can have communion with God. Church, y'all, we get to be the ones that carry this, right? Right? His kingdom is coming. When we say, your kingdom come, your will be done, that's not like God out there. It's like right through here to the world. That's how the kingdom comes and the will of God is done, is that we receive it and we live it, and the kingdom comes. So I want to invite you to stand. We're going to close by saying the Lord's Prayer here in a second. And um, specifically, at the end of service, we're going to have a prayer team Pray and prophetic team available um, to pray. Now I, j- I just want to um, share a couple of things that our team felt like the Lord may want to minister in this this morning. Someone feeling a want or lack um, in their life, and God wants to pour out abundant love on them today. Negative memories or pain associated with Mother's Day. And this person, I just they saw a picture of a pencil of God with a pencil just erasing it and giving a new start and healing over those memories. Uh, Someone running away from something or away from God, and God wants to give you peace. Um, Four, just the number four, and specifically related to kids, someone on our team just felt like there may be someone that has four kids um, that just needs prayer and grace um, today. And then last one, camouflage, someone not knowing how uh, or who to open up to, and you're just blending in, blending in, and it's killing you. And inside, uh, and God wants to invite you just to come and and get prayer today. Um, So we're going to say the Lord's Prayer together. I want to ask you just to grab someone's hand next to you as we um, say this together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts. As we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Uh, women, uh, all women, we have a gift for you as you're going out. Some kids uh, are at the doors and they're going to give you a gift. Um, have a happy Mother's Day. God bless.